world of what he believes to be reality. But there is, unseen by most, an underworld. A place that is just as real, but not as brightly lit. A A dark dark side. side. Welcome questers to a special presentation by Quest for Player 2. Love Tales from the Dark Side, Part 4. Four. I'm Journey. I'm Sarah. And I'm Daniel. And happy Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween! We've made it, you guys. I know, I am shocked. Like, we are alive for Halloween, which is a great thing. I know. The the timing was perfect. Good thing, it's like we planned ahead of time to drop episodes every Wednesday, and that's just... Just, it just, it just fits. It's perfect. Works. It just like landed right on Halloween. So you guys, congratulations to all of you that <laughs> are listening to this before you get ready for whatever you're going to do as far as your uh, horrible, bad choices or decisions <laughs> out there for Halloween. And remember, on a Wednesday, Halloween is a day where you can be a hoe without being a hoe. <laughs> so remember that, boys and girls. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. It's equal opportunity here. You can all be hoes today. So just it. today. Just today. Today, you know, everyone gets a pass. Yeah, today, everyone gets a pass. Everyone gets a yeah. <laughs> If you want to be a slutty Tommy Pickles, you, you go ahead you and do, do that. It. You do it. Oh, man. <laughs> well, what, what is the sluttiest costume you guys have ever seen on Halloween? Oh, I, I saw a one night stand. <laughs> That's funny. I'm waiting. Uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was a girl in a, in a, in a, in a stand. She was a nightstand. Just a one oh, night holding a bottle. Holding a bottle. That's good. Okay. Holding a bottle. All right. All right. Yeah. I've was, seen was, some pretty good Tarzans. Yeah. Oh really? You know? really? Oh. Yeah. So so what? What their were their junk just also, dangling like, there? Adam and Eve. Like those are good ones too. Oh, I saw. I remember. Uh, I went to West Hollywood for Halloween and I just saw a small little Filipino dude. Oh, you, said, you, you told this story. story. Yeah. It's just that's all I remember. I remember that. I'm that's a mummy. One. I'm a mummy. I'm a mummy. Would you be my I'm daddy? Would you be my daddy if you're a mummy? I was like, wow, that's a that's good, good one. But that's all I know. I that's, hope that's everyone has enjoyed one. our fun Halloween <laughs> special. Yeah, you guys are in for a treat today. We saved all our best stories for last, and it's it's on Ooh. Halloween, so it's like it's um, it's gonna you're gonna feel it. Yeah. And uh, Ooh, real, real real quick, are, are you guys? Yeah. Quick little story right here on Instagram. We're in the I middle like of recording. Story. <laughs> I, yeah, like, story. I look like it was a photo. Yeah, like, yeah for, for, for you I'm know. Like, oh my god. Yeah, when we're like, recording. Good makeup on today. Oh, no, Sorry, guys. Yeah, we all look like shit. My hair's curly. It's a whole thing. Um, I wanted to well, pull up. Yeah, tell us the results. Yeah, for our oh, stories oh, from no, last no, week. No. I gotta get there because the October special stuff is really long. No one here cares. we go. No one cares. Here we go. So Daniel. You had three votes for ah, and six <laughs> votes for th- no. What the hell? I'm sorry. I don't know what good stories are. Sixty-seven percent did not like your story, Ernie, and I tied actually. Like you see how rigged the system is in Sarah's it's favor that rigged. even we tied. Yeah, like, I don't uh, Ernie this. is fifty percent. Fifty-six percent. And forty-four percent down, and I am exactly the same. However, different people voted. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, let's see who. Like, God. do we know? Do you know Alayla, the 
Toku princess? Yeah, yeah. Well, she voted him down. She oh, voted Ernie down. Good. Thank you, Layla. Bravo. But she liked mine, so. <laughs> the Black the Squad, I am in many ways disappointed with you guys, but in <laughs> other ways, very proud of three people that said, I'm still here for you, Daniel. So, <laughs> squad up. Squad up, guys. Do you like how you're the only one I gave the, the vote? And yeah, the that's, all vote I to know. that's all I need to know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, the truth is, I am looking forward to your demise. Well, today. we'll see if it happens. Today. Yeah, I'm, yeah. My story's pretty good. Are we all ready to jump in, dive in to the yep. final love horror stories? Uh, it's still got a little bit of more maintenance to do real quick before we get started. Well, fine. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is why I'm not the host of this. Right, right. I'm saying like, oh, come on, Ernie. Ernie, what, what am I missing? Well, uh, well, he still has to finish up and clean it. So while he's doing that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, I, was saying, I was pushing yours. the story and uh, posting the story. Yeah. Oh, see, what I wanted to say was now, Sarah, yours last week was pretty interesting. But I'm, honestly... I thought we were going to give it to Ernie. I really uh, thought Ernie was uh, going to get it. Uh, uh, yeah. and then I procrastinated too much, though. That's why. Yeah, I really thought why? Ernie was going to get that's it. That's why? Yeah. Not because my story of the the gay lovers wanting to put on the perfect murder wasn't good enough? Mm, it was good. It was good. It, to me, I was like, oh, a story about... Rich privilege. I mean, that's it. Because a white privilege? Rich, yeah. white privilege. Because the thing is... Rich white privilege? It's, it's, yeah. It's rich privilege more than anything. Because just being white doesn't make you automatically say, hmm, time to murder someone. No. But I being mean, rich... Uh, I'm just but kidding. being rich can make you be the person that's like, mm, I'm going to kill someone. Let's just see how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Money. You know, like that's what you do. Versus, you know, white privilege is kind of like, well, I don't like that minority. <laughs> Let's get rid of that one. You know, that's different. So no, like, you know, I, I really liked your story too, Daniel. It's like yours was like it was about a geek too. It's like you know geeks, but but you you just weren't good enough at organizing your Black the Squad, and they didn't come I and back you up. I, to- I I posted only once, and I was like, "You guys vote for me," and I, it went up. If I would have really pushed it and started sending it to each one of my friends, and be like, "Look, I don't care if you listen to it, just vote, just vote, uh, vote, see, vote, yeah, vote, get I out did, there and vote." I'm gonna have to do that. Yeah, we're gonna have like, to do on, that guys, this after this this episode, of course. I need the. Black, black squad to get ready because I can't deal with the church. I can't. And then, of course, when it comes to Sarah, Sarah is like, you know, she comes out like a songbird and just says, She is our songbird. She is our songbird. And all of a sudden, people go, Look at her, look at her, look at her. See? See, she's the siren. That's why I say, yeah, that's why You're I the say bird whose head pops of, off. The song of Sarah. <laughs> It's like the song of Sarah because she's a siren. That's how it works. So, I mean, so. I don't have a squad. I just people See, just like me. Yeah. See, once again, the, the song of Sarah because people are like, I love her voice. I yeah. love everything she says. So it's, it's Which a song I think of, I know I've said that before. I think that's super surprising because I feel like most people don't like the sound of a female's voice. At least that's like that's no, the excuse you hear. That is the opposite. That's, well, no, I'm saying because exactly. that's what you hear all the time of why there's not more women on radio or why there's oh my you, God, know, yeah, you know what true, I mean? Like true. that's a, that's a thing. Like men are like, well, we just want to listen to a woman talk. See, that's the thing. We're a thinker's podcast. And thinkers like to hear any side. Any Fair voice. enough. That's the thing. When Fair you're enough. an idiot after a while, and you don't, you know, non thinkers, they're like, oh, I hate the blood of a woman. I don't lie. Women. The woman go in the kitchen. Yeah, you, gonna, you know what they're going to do to women? They're going to take our jobs. What? I don't, what? <laughs> <laughs> How does this have to do with anything? Right. We should make them outlawed. You know, I don't know. All right. <laughs> so, so let's get into a little bit of the house maintenance. So, uh, guys, thank you so much, so much for voting and, you know, participating in our stories and, and also. So, you know, 
reaching out to us so don't forget to rate and review us if you have not or you know if you're or follow us on whatever platform you're on listening to um also check out our instagram and our twitter we've been posting a lot of stuff on instagram like you know i just posted a story right now of us recording uh our twitter we have a lot of updates on there too uh and especially our website if you visit our website you can find all the pictures and links and sources to the stories we are talking about and also this is our last part for the story so next week we will be you know resuming you know business as usual with, with quest for player two our first episode next week will be uh you know a side quest so mm. please send in your stories last minute you know you have till what sunday yeah, yeah. sunday because we record on monday so you have till this sunday to send in your stories so you can be featured on our episode next week Wednesday. Right. Yes. Right. Now we can get started. So uh, we decided that Daniel will go first, right? Yeah. You gotta get. You gotta give me a good kind of a lead or something. You know. Do, 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 do. I, yeah. That's right. That's right. Do, 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 do. You get the intro song. Yeah. Right. I'm on I'm on Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Okay, right, Daniel. So what is the name? I actually the changed title. it because I thought about it and I was like, eh, let me change it to. The author, the owl, and the staircase. That's what oh, I'll call it. Oh, I like this story. Yeah, right? Right? Okay. So, um, let's start it off. <clears throat> 16 years ago in Germany, a woman was found dead at the bottom of the flight of stairs in her own home. This woman was named Liz Ratliff. This woman was a widow, had two daughters, and they were adopted by a family friend who swore to take care of them like they were their own. And that's exactly what happened, which is a good story. At least the kids ended up somewhere that they needed to end up with someone that was able to take care of them. Let's move forward, guys, and get into the story that's important. That was just a prologue. You'll see why later. So. <laughs> okay. That's usually the idea of a prologue, right? So. Uh, <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. Hey, you know, hey, so don't worry, don't worry. You have prologues. I don't bury the lead. That's I have prologues. Hey, that's it, you know? Come on, let's do it. So. On one cool, brisk night in December, a couple, Michael and Kathleen Peterson, were sitting outside of their palatial palace, and Kathleen decides to go inside, you know, call in the night, get some sleep, because in the morning, she has a conference call, she's going to be really busy, she heads in. Of course, Michael, doting, loving husband, says goodnight, honey, you know, and let, lets her walk off. That's, uh, you know, he says goodbye, and she cuts a corner and goes into the house. Um, she walks back into her house and her husband Michael finishes smoking his pipe and then finally decides to walk into the house as he says about roughly 45 minutes after Kathleen to his surprise he finds a gory gruesome bloody crime scene and his wife was the victim Immediately, that's where everything starts to hit. It freaks him out, right? There in their, there in their house lies his wife at the bottom of a staircase, body bruised, covered with blood and cuts, and there's his wife, barely breathing, limp. Looks like he doesn't know what's going to happen here. Blood is everywhere. He's freaked out. Michael rushes to pick her up and holds her in his arms, and then after that, puts her down, calls nine one one, and and tells them what he sees. We, here at Quest for Player 2, happen to have <laughs> the actual 911 call. It's, it's public knowledge. You guys can request and get it, so it's a big deal. No. We'll, we'll post the link on our we, website. We will, we will. 
scary you know like when you really hear it it's in the moment right there and you just hear him freaking out and he's like please please all he wants is someone to get there Mm -hmm. that's all he's thinking about someone get there at least that's what he's telling us that's what we're hearing that's what we know you can see it you can hear it you believe it right there so as that phone call was made there goes michael and his grown son who has who was uh at a party down the street it just came home actually right after all this happened and there he waited with his father for the police to come so now i've given you just a setting <laughs> told you guys hey what's happening <laughs> even had some audio cues you're welcome audience i'm here i'm trying to do something for oh, you okay. guys he stepped right? it up clearly now let's cover the facts okay after all of this, we have to pay attention to the facts. We want to know, well, what happened? Who did it if someone did do it? If someone didn't, how exactly did this happen? What's the deal? We want to know as much as possible. We here at Quest for Player 2 work hard to give you those facts, and I happen <laughs> to be able to bring them to you tonight, today, this morning, whenever you're listening to it. <laughs> so, one when they did the search, when the police showed up and did their search, and this is for quite some time, they found no murder weapon. They could not find it during their searches. They could not at all. I, 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 I know what you're going to say, and trust me, you'll find out after. But I think you know the story. I said, oh, okay, good, good, you don't. Okay, good. I know of the story. I don't know, know the story. Okay, all right. I was going to say, well, if you haven't clarified why they would be even be looking for a murder weapon. Well, there's a horrific amount of blood there. And immediately the police are searching trying to figure out exactly what's the deal. Because she has seven lacerations on her head. That's what we're missing. I was going to get to it and that's what but eh, all right, fine. So she has seven <laughs> lacerations on her. Okay. Seven lacerations on her head. See, and I was going to go into a whole lot more facts, but it's you like, can't blah, blah. just say this is why they're looking for a murder weapon. Well, because the reason they're looking seven. for a murder weapon immediately <laughs> is because, well, they automatically, you want to think to yourself, blame the husband. He was the only oh, yeah. person there. They didn't see a sign of entry. Yeah. They didn't see any forced entry. One, nothing was stolen. Two, three, um, well, all the injuries and everything else that were uh, for her, the bruises, the cuts, and everything like that. Um, also, uh, with that, he wasn't hurt. So it just oh. becomes all these things were just kind of like, all right, uh, so where were you, sir? What happened? What's going on here? We're going to keep asking you questions because who knows? Oh, you're having money trouble? Oh, what do you mean you're having money trouble? Now he gets into something a little bit interesting. So he definitely had money trouble, and they were about 140000 some odd dollars in debt, essentially. Um, but they were living off of her stocks 
and some of her income. She was the first woman at Duke to receive some amazing award, etc., etc., which helped her to get a job that made a little good money. He was also an author. He was a, a World War II author, so he'd write things like concerning history and stories and sometimes fiction, other times truth concerning uh, things with World War II. So um, he was pretty popular for himself, you know? Michael Peterson, you can look him up. Um, so with that, there's, of course, the concern. There's the worry. So they could not find a murder weapon. One, the blood around the crime scene was smudged all along the walls, almost like someone tried to wipe it down or get rid of it almost. Um, blood was found on the bottom of her feet. Now, if she fell down the stairs and a pool of blood starts to build up. Why is there blood at the bottom of her feet? But that's where someone was found underneath her sneakers. Almost as if she stood in her own pool of blood. It's kind of weird. Um, there was Michael's bloody partial shoe print on her right back leg. On the sweatpants or whatever she was wearing. It's on her right back leg. Bloody full footprint and it was his shoe. There's blood splatter on the inseam of his shorts. There was blood splatter on the top of the wall with the smeared smudge blood. There is blood on the concrete walkway in the backyard. So now everything's starting to make a picture and blood will lead you almost everywhere. And that's something that you want to make sure you pay attention to. There were also, they kind of checked and ran um, like so many different kind of things. And they start to see that there are barefoot like um, kind of prints, Michael's feet, um, walking around the body um, and walking from the body into other rooms, kind of fresh footprints of him. Now, not bloodstained footprints, footprints, but just his feet, his pression on, on the carpet. They checked so many things. Really? They were checking it all. So, um, with that, they're looking for more things and they start to see that. Now, remember, like I said, she had seven lacerations to her head. Whatever she was hit with was slim, heavy, and possibly could have been a pipe, but was not there. Once again, they could not find it. So the pipe in the staircase... By Professor Pond. Oh, I like it. I wonder if that's the case. <laughs> uh, they said it was much like a like a blowpipe or maybe even a fire poker. But um, <laughs> blowpipe. That's what poker. they call it. Um, <laughs> that's what they that's what they call them. Uh, those kind of things. And they yeah. said uh, now they they start to search and they're looking around for stuff. And one thing that they're looking for is definitely okay. Well, maybe a fire poker. They start looking around. There's no fire poker in the house. They look at old pictures and there's pictures of them in front of that fireplace. There's a fire poker right there and it's rather large. How is it not there now? Why is it not there now? And then so they're looking, they're searching everywhere. So many they potential search all over the house. So many potential weapons and so many things that could have happened. Who knows? But they're like, this all sounds kind of like, oh yeah, it's the husband <laughs> and that's it. So um, upon the cops arrival, this is something that was interesting. The blood looked like it has been there like much longer than Michael's timeline would suggest. Like possibly hours worth of difference. And also, computer evidence, uh, computer forensic evidence, shows that Kathleen logged on to the home computer in Michael's office like two hours prior to the timeline that Michael was giving. So prior to when she was found dead, 
two hours before, she was on the home um, computer. Unfortunately, she left her computer, her laptop at work. She had a coworker that had to email or something and she had to check it out. So she had to use the home computer, which is essentially his because he's a writer. Yeah. So she had to log in, check the computer. She was there two hours prior. Um, and, you know, she did reply to the coworker and et cetera, et cetera. And she was still on the computer. Um, <clears throat> In her brain tissue, this is interesting, there were red neurons. Now, red neurons pretty much were consistent with someone who has been strangled or maybe deprived of air moments oh. before their death. Now, there was no signs of choking, so we're trying to figure out exactly how. Now, sometimes someone can insinuate. You can you can just kind of, if you're, if you're pummeled enough, you're losing enough blood, they say it pretty much can almost equal to lack of oxygen and you're losing, you're losing the blood that quickly and you can suffocate there too. Uh-huh. Um, so it's like now you're bigger than what your body can actually handle and blah, blah. So um, they're saying that could have been a case too because the way she was found face down on the stairs, blood, blah, 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 et cetera, uh-huh. et cetera. So um, just a few more facts before I get into what the prosecutor think may have happened. Um, now, um, Michael has leagues. Now, this is where it starts to get interesting. Now, remember, we did say she looked at her computer. Now, they start to look over some things, uh, forensics, you know, blah, blah. They start to see that Michael was deleting a lot of things. Emails, files he's downloaded, browser history, things like that. But he still has some cookies. He still has some other things that he's uh, holding on to. JPEGs, a lot of stuff. So, they start to look through and they see one kind of common thread. Michael has leagues upon leagues of games porn on his computer hard drive. <laughs> He's logged on to Grindr and has a profile and gay hookup apps. He is setting up a hookup to meet with a lacrosse player at the local college oh and printed yeah. out those conversations and actually had them inside of the desk drawer. The very desk drawer that the wife was logging into on that computer. Also I don't know. I don't know. But um, not to mention, he's had another affair with another twink dude like months before. Now, they had money issues, like I said, and Kathleen was supporting the family with her money and her stock and her pension. And uh, now, remember, I mentioned earlier that uh, there was a woman who died 16 years ago. Well, that was Michael's friend in Germany. And he and his wife, at the time, he was married to a woman named Patty, um, were living near them, sometimes with them. But, you know, they they were not, like, poor, so they were living near them. Um, The night that uh, this woman, Liz, happened to die, their friend, their neighbor, um, she happened, uh, well, the way it worked out was... Uh, she had a husband and uh, her husband was a military friend of his so they were in the military etc cetera, etc cetera. and she uh, had bless you by the way well, no. thank you I'm so sorry I sneezed oh, I was trying to cool. hold it's cool. it it's cool. bless you by the way you need another one you got another no, one coming okay. did you see me try to like time oh, I it I saw it I saw it that was like bravo so that Ernie could cut it out <laughs> that was bravo was good. no there's no cutting it out no so, cutting it out it's fine we're real here we do live so um, with that um, she um, was a friend was the wife of a friend of his military friend now that military friend died uh, during like some military blah blah, blah was during war blah blah whatever but he happened to die and uh, I think it was during Vietnam actually but so you know here goes 
here he goes still taking care of that military friend, his brother in arms. You take care of that. You take care of that family. <laughs> so that's why he was so close to her. So um, the night when she died, he actually took her and her two kids, her two daughters out to eat. Uh, and so they were coming home and there's a nosy neighbor, always a nosy neighbor, sees them um, walking, you know, walking in and it all matches the timeline according to where they went and where they yeah. had dinner, etc. And um, then uh, that nosy neighbor says they also saw him running away from the house. Didn't see him like run and start a car or something, but she just kind of saw him just kind of jogging away from the house. She just noticed like, oh, okay, whatever, you know, nothing big. Later, later that night, of course, the police are called, found her dead at the bottom of the stairs. So it's kind of weird. Like, well, now this is weird. Here goes a friend of yours dead at the bottom of the stairs. Here you go with your wife now dead at the bottom of the stairs. But the difference is your wife happened to have seven lacerations on her head bleeding profusely all over the place, et cetera. So um, they're kind of like, okay, this just kind of doesn't seem right. But the woman's death was considered an accident. She fell and tripped and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The two daughters believe in Michael so much because he adopted them. Now, remember, like I said, they found a family friend, blah, blah. It was Michael. He oh. adopts them. Okay. And this is something that was interesting. Michael actually was so much of a close friend to Liz that in her will, she said if she died, because she knew she was older too, she was older than him, if she died, she'd leave her children with him. Mm. And along with him, she'd give her property and a substantial amount of money. Wow. Hmm. Mm. Because, you know, just so this way he can use it to take care of the kids. Right. So that's exactly what happened. So now it kind of seems like there may be a motive for him to have killed her. So now it becomes more of a worry, right? Becomes more of a worry. Mm -hmm. And along with that, um, the daughters are like, no, we trust and know him so much because they've been with him since they were kids. So now they're like, this is dad. He would never do that. Dad would never kill our mom. So they're old enough to say, fine, you know what? You guys think that he did it? Let's exhume the bodies. There should be something that's similar, right? They exhume the body, they check out the mother's body, and sure enough, there are seven lacerations on her freaking head. Stop it. Oh my God. They didn't notice this in the first place? Like the first time? They thought that maybe just towards the fall, you know, almost like- she hit her head on the way down? Yeah, she hit her head on the way down. She came down from a high thing of stairs. Like a flight of stairs, not just a, you know, she went all the way down, right? So that's what they were like, ah, whatever, you know, and Jeremy just didn't think anything about it. So um, now they zoomed it and they find that out. So uh, now with that being the case, here's what the prosecutors think happened. Oh, yeah. Caitlin logs on to Michael's computer, sends an email to a colleague. She stumbles upon his lewd convo with the lacrosse guy that Michael casually keeps on his casually keeps in his drawer in the office which I don't understand <laughs> that's that so weird why did you print that out why would that you is print so it I don't know it's fat material for later Do, apparently well yeah I don't know it's really weird it's dude. erotic no it's, it's fact uh, er, fiction no, it's, yeah yeah it, it is right it's erotic fact fiction and it was very lewd as far as the conversations like oh you know I'm a top and blah blah the regular conversation you get on like grinder. so um <laughs> she confronts him uh she she says she's leaving him or something like that. Maybe even I'll tell everyone about it, blah, blah, whatever it may be. 
Um, and then with that, uh, they start to argue. She turns around, walks out, and she's headed up the stairs. He gets so enraged, he grabs the poker or the blow, <laughs> the blowpipe, and uh, from from the fireplace and strikes her in the back of the head and hits her again as she goes down and continues to beat her. Those are the lacerations, and yet still hard enough to actually like cut her open, but not hard enough to, to crack the skull. So huh. that's the thing, and that's what a hollow pipe can do. And that's what the fire poker would do with the little part that is bent over. By the way, let's continue on with this because it's going to be something very interesting about that poker. Um, so with that, after beating her uh, over the head, steps on her back and leaves his shoe print. That's how that got there. Um, he removes his shoes as to not attract or not to track blood around the house. Tries to stage a scene and starts cleaning up the blood off the walls. Then she gets up. Imagine this, if you will. Getting blood on the bottom of her feet. Think about it. First, she thinks he, he thinks she's knocked out. So Stop it! No, she gets up like, oh, you know. And that's where he knocks her down again. Uh, and that's how she got the blood on her feet. And, you know, from there, he's knocking her down. And that would also explain how he got blood on the inseam of his shorts and how there are higher blood splatter marks on the wall than where he smudged and tried to clean it up. That would all make sense. That's with the several hits. Um, now... Her brain, uh, with that also going along, you have to remember her brain cells died due to lack of oxygen, like I said before, proving uh, she died. Uh, well, yeah, she probably lied there, bleeding out and suffocating for hours before the cops arrived. Jesus. Someone took the blowpipe or the uh, the poker. the poker out of the house that would explain why there was blood trailing outside on the concrete walkway. And the weapon wasn't found. So they kept looking around trying to find out exactly what was going on. Now, um, this is the thing. They found the uh, blowpipe or whatever, but it was actually prosecution that found it. Prosecution found it even after police searched and couldn't find it. The prosecution says, oh, we found it. It was in the garage and they took pictures of it, blah, blah, and they presented it there in the courtroom. They didn't give it to the police before. They didn't do discovery? Nope, nope. I feel like that's illegal. Yeah, that yeah. was the thing and they talked about it even though they told them like, well, we do have evidence, blah, 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 yada, yada, and it seems like there may be the murder weapon. Um, but the thing is, it's still a thought that it's a murder weapon because the fire poker was missing the hook on the top, yeah. which would be the part that would have the most amount of blood, probably on a head saturated and oh, covered up. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. So, hair, um, hair, blood, like, yeah. Exactly, right? Um, so, um, Michael, who, this is where we get into a lot of other stuff, backstory stuff with Michael. Michael, um, lived a lie. He lied. That's rule number one, Michael lies. Michael lied that uh, he got the Purple Heart in Vietnam. Uh, he lied about a car accident that he was in in Japan where he suffered some injuries and told people that the injuries that he suffered were in Vietnam as well. Um, and also... Michael lied about his divorce to his first wife because what happened was she found out that he was cheating on her with men and women. So that's why they got the divorce. Okay. Now, prosecution got a call 
from uh, like during the whole case and everything, they got a call um, about, like I said, uh, from this woman that was the nosy neighbor. And that's how they found out the whole thing about the nosy neighbor. And that's when they looked into that. And that's where they started going crazy into, oh, my God, let's exhume the body. Because that's when they did. And they found out the lacerations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what happened there. Now, defense. Defense says she possibly fell and kept trying to get up and falling, hitting her head, causing the lacerations, causing the the blood uh, underneath her feet and uh, just some of the bruises that would be consistent with keep falling in the same exact spot. Mm -hmm. There were bruises that were like in the same exact spot a few times. So that's what they said. They said second, she could have been attacked. Um, third, which was a weird one, and here's where the owl comes in, oh. saying that um, a neighbor said that, I bet you if you guys check her body, you will find microscopic, microscopic owl feathers. So there are particular owls. <laughs> All right. There are particular owls okay. that happen to leave microscopic Feathers, okay. and that usually happens when they are really close to you, and etc. etc. Essentially attacking. Yeah. The cops got so annoyed with this guy. Fine, we'll freaking check. Sure enough, there are microscopic feathers no on the way. body. I know, right? So now they're kind of like they're, like, they're, they're, they're hoping. Look, the crazy dude was they're right. Hoping. When is a crazy dude? But, dude when is a no. crazy dude ever and, right? And that's messed up because he's not crazy, and he he was very upset at the fact that people called him crazy. <laughs> the podcast that I'll I'll point out later about that, but yeah, you know, I mean, dude, he was really upset concerning that. Um, and uh, then they also said uh, that Kathleen, uh, his wife that died, um, Kathleen knew about the homosexual activity. And that she allowed him to um, experiment with guys. And that's, mm. so no, that's that couldn't have been. Yeah, no, it could, it could have been a thing. And he probably most likely learned to tell the truth with her when he already had the divorce with the other one. So that's why he was like, I'm just going to be full honest with her and I need dick. You know, there's, there's a group and I'm oh, sure they're somewhere. everywhere, but there's yeah. like a group in Orlando. Like this, how I learned about it was uh -huh. going to um, one of our local gay bars with my brother and uh -huh. like the women that were there were there with their husbands. Uh -huh. because they didn't want to divorce them. Oh, yeah, So yeah. they were there uh -huh. helping them pick out a, someone for them to hook up with later. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like... That happens. Uh, interesting. That happens. Men and women. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. yeah. Orange is a new black. The, yeah. the, the, and that's, the why I one, like, yeah. that's why at one time originally I was going to call this the cuck, the blah, the blah, because like, he was a cuckold, but he wasn't, because uh, okay. he was most likely like, hey, I'm having the sex, and you're just going to, you know. So anyway, um, recently, some new events about this. Um... They still feel like it was a crime of passion, et cetera, et cetera. And the evidence was overwhelming. So Michael Peterson was found guilty, charged to life in prison. No. Funny thing about that is uh, Michael Peterson's currently out of jail, guys. Wait, what? what? Ooh, sounds interesting. Tell, me, they, tell, yes. me, no, tell me they yes. found the owl that did it. Tell me they found the owl. Well, my friend. And that owl is currently arrested in our prison. <laughs> there is something concerning the owl issue, but oh. it's not as great as we all wish. Um, they say that the talons of an owl, even though they are three um, or sometimes four, three in the front. And when, if an owl were to do it, it would be more of punctures, oh, not yeah. those full on deep 
deep lacerations right. that they were saying. So that was some of the issue. Um, but what about it its beak? Could be that, and they were like, it could be consistent with the beak. But seven times in that way, it's it's you would still have to have two entry wounds because it opens its mouth and then closes. It opens its beak and then closes. Yeah. But also, sometimes they do peck. But the thing is, that it was too inconsistent. Right, but also. If she was being attacked by an owl, she would scream, and her husband was just outside. They actually do something interesting in a documentary that it's called, uh, it's very recent, it's called The Staircase. Just came out. I suggest to watch it because I got a lot of my citations where? from that in the audio. I said Palatial Palace, right? Wait, where? The place is big. Watch it where? It's on Netflix okay. right now. So after you guys finish this, watch the 10-part 10 10 episode on um on uh, on Netflix called The Staircase. See, look at this, guys. I am giving you so much fun things to do. If you guys like Making of a Murder, if you guys like Serial, you will love this documentary. Trust me, there's so many twists and turns. So with that, and I left some stuff out intentionally just for that. Now, along with that, um, this is the issue. Even though it wasn't an owl that messed up everything, there was a guy who kind of reminds you of an owl, a short little sneaky guy with big eyes, but he's bald. It looks like he could be wise, but he's clearly not. This is what I like to call Dirty Dwayne. Now, yeah. Dirty Dwayne was the blood splatter analyst. Apparently, Dwayne, being the dick that he is, um, got the case thrown out. What? Because... Um, he would manipulate data to push towards certain convictions with the wow. DA and all this other stuff. When they started to find that out and he was keeping critical notes away from attorneys, et cetera, et cetera. When they started to find that out, they had to start reviewing all the cases he was on. And of course, you have to throw them out. Mm -hmm. So they had to throw out everyone, including this case. So now that he's been tried and they threw this case out because we didn't didn't get to get up to a mistrial. We actually convicted him. Now, this case, that case. Double jeopardy. Boom. That's right. Can't do double jeopardy, but there's always a civil case. Funny enough. Um, now, remember I said that um, Michael had uh, he had a son from yeah. a previous marriage. So did Kathleen. Kathleen also had a daughter. This daughter was trying to make sure not to be on documentaries, et cetera, et cetera. But she was on one before. And apparently she was on the same side as the other kids and Michael. Oh, he couldn't have done it. He couldn't have done it. Yeah. Then they showed her the forensic report. She saw everything. Oh, these are lacerations. This is consistent with that. Oh, here goes a uh, 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 kind of uh, consistent with strangling or suffocation. Here goes this. Here goes the footprint. Here goes this. Here goes everything. That's she just, saw it all. That's just overwhelming. That's that, her own mother, exactly. right? Exactly. So her then own mother. her own mother. So that's where she says, you know what? Fuck this guy. He definitely killed my mom. He had a rage problem before when we were kids. He still had a rage problem when they were older. Okay, so now I know it definitely was him and most likely she found out he was gay fucking around she says I'm gonna leave him now he has no money to do anything and she's gonna leave him he can't take it and that's probably what happened so she changes her mind she has a civil court case against him and she wins Ooh. wrongful death so she made her money that way unfortunately it only hurts him financially and doesn't hurt him the way he should be which is in jail he served eight years in jail and then because of stupid dirty Dwayne he got up. Wow. So um, that 
is my story, the author, the owl, and the staircase. You're welcome, people. Well, all right, Daniel. Well, well. Before we move on, like I, I actually want to ask you, um, since you're the one that did all the research, yes, and and you're telling the story. What do you think? Do, what do you think actually happened? What's your opinion on this, dude? Exactly what the prosecution said. I think he literally killed her. It wasn't an owl. He killed her. Mm-hmm. And uh, but how do you explain the, the 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 fibers of the owl feathers? The owl. I think it's just where they were. And uh, they well, live like whatever. in woods. Yeah, they live close to the woods and everything like. Uh-huh. But you Could've said they had to get really they close. They say for them they to have to get fibers. close to you. Now, true, she was the one who definitely kind of runs around and did a little workout and blah blah. Somehow she got connected and bumped into something. I don't know, but I'm telling you, there was no owl that flew in the house, attacked her, left all of this blood, smudged up the blood like it was cleaning it, and then flew out. <laughs> <laughs> now remember, I said, uh, but the thing is, I said, uh, I'm boning out, guys. I'm boning right. out. <laughs> Drive-by pecking! Drive-by pecking! He flew and he was like, the revolution has begun! Viva la revolution! And flew off, you know? Like, no, I don't think that was it. This is for waking me up every goddamn morning! exactly, right? He's like, I never liked Harry Potter! You know, like, Harry Potter is a farce! You know, like, he attacks her for that. I don't know. Uh, But I I don't think that's exactly what happened. And I appreciate the neighbor saying, like, you know, no, Michael's a great guy, there you go, and this. But, sorry, guy, it wasn't an owl that did all of this because no so (laughs) with that being the case uh yeah i think that he killed her um there are bits i wanted to do i wanted to actually play his little speech that he did but what i will say before we uh end it you guys remember that 911 call right it sounded so rehearsed okay now i want to play it again and i want to talk about it a little bit as i play it so, here we go. I want you guys to hear this really well. John 
that wasn't a question I would have expected. Who expects? Okay, even if even if I'm sitting here and it was real and I saw, I just found someone fall down the stairs. They're like, I don't, I don't know, like a whole flight of stairs, twenty or something. I don't know. I would have been, but I would have had the answer of I don't know, just right there. Yeah. He was like, huh? Uh, I, yeah, I would have been like the huh that you say when you hear them, but you need a second to think about yeah. what you're gonna say. Yeah, no. And he rushes to get off that phone as quick as possible because now he doesn't know what to do. He's researched, he studied, he tried to figure out what's a good way to say some things, but that's that's the problem. He's rushing, he's running, he's trying to get off. He's not that quick of a thinker, even though he's a writer, he couldn't think quick enough. Not at that moment, because he didn't expect that. And that's part of his flip up, and that's where it all began. So... I think he did it. It was definitely a crime of passion. I don't know if she found out about the uh, things or if she already knew about all the other stuff, but something happened that threw him into a rage. He killed her, and then he tried to cover it up. His son, they asked him when they got there what was going on. He was kind of like almost not responsive, not giving as many answers or really helping out as much. He was kind of like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, whatever like that. Later, they start to research. They find out the son says that he never really liked the mother, and everyone knew that. Everyone knew that. So could have been that he showed up. He tries to help the dad. He's trying to clean up or blah, blah. And then he's the dad's already run. He finds the dad trying to run around and figure out what he can do. And he's like, all right, dad, it's what we're going to do. Or they're working together. Dad's telling him what to do. Something like that could be. But they ruled that the son had nothing to do with it. And sure, he probably had nothing to do with the murder. Doesn't mean it didn't have anything to do with the cover-up. But that's my opinion, and that is my story. The author, the owl, and the staircase. Okay, nicely done, man. Nicely done. Okay, Sarah, are you ready? Of course I'm ready. Well, the mic is yours. Sweet. So, guys, this week I'm doing the Craigslist Killer. Oh, I don't know it for sure. It just sounds interesting, right? Off the <laughs> yeah, I, I know about it. They did a Lifetime know. movie on it. Yeah, yeah. A friend yeah, of mine was right. in it. Anyway. All right. It's like, but first we had Daniel's Tinder, and now we have Craigslist. Yes. Craigslist. Okay, so the Craigslist killer, otherwise known as Philip Haynes Markoff. He even has a terrible name. Philip was an American medical student who was charged with the armed robbery and murder of Julissa Brisman in a Boston hotel on April 14th, 2009, as well as two other armed robberies. The media refers to him as the Craigslist killer because he supposedly met his victims through ads placed on Craigslist, two of which were offering erotic services. Just a note. Craigslist shortly after got rid of that section of the website. Anyway. And Close Encounters. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Misconnections is my favorite. Um, Philip Markov was a high school graduate, a member of the National Honor Society, was engaged to Megan McAllister, a girl he met while volunteering at a hospital, and he was planning to start medical school in the fall of 2009, just after their wedding. Right? All American, ready to go. As a... um, as a fun couple's getaway, the engaged duo would go to Foxwoods, Re- Foxwoods Resort Casino in Connecticut, where Philip would play blackjack while his fiance watched. And according to Megan, Philip was not a heavy gambler. If he was up, he'd keep playing. If he'd lose money, he stops. He's totally responsible. On April 10th, four days before Julissa Brisman's murder, 
Boston police received a report from an out-of-town masseuse, Trisha Leffler, that she had met with a tall, blonde male in his 20s who had answered an ad of hers on Craigslist. According to Trish, she had greeted him outside of her room, and shortly after they had entered, he pointed a gun at her, ordered her to lie down on the floor on her stomach, and bound her with plastic ties. He then rifled through her suitcase, robbed her of $800, credit cards, and used gloves or wore gloves to remove his number from her phone. Uh, important to note, he did not attempt to violate her sexually. Oh, okay, could have been oh, that's not bad. I know it's okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. He still, he still robbed her, uh, right? Could've, hey, could have been worse. Could have been worse. It's been not worse. bad. Oh, not bad. It's a polite thief. Carry on. After he then, after he then removed his gloves in order to gag her with duct tape, cut the phone lines, and then left with a pair of her panties. Kind of awkward, but still, classy. Still, mm-hmm. yeah, classy. Weird, weird flex, but okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah weird flex, <laughs> but okay. We're good. Jump forward four days to April 14th. He was Andy. She was Morgan. Both were fake names. He found her listing as a masseuse in the Craigslist erotic service section. They never actually spoke to each other. All of their communication was by email or text message. He used a disposable track phone that would be hard to trace. Her friend and employer pretended that she was Morgan when setting up their meeting via cyberspace. Okay, right there, that sounds like I wish what the people in my uh, other story did, like uh, the story I did where the dude was finding him on Twitter and blah, blah, plenty mm-hmm. of fish and blah. She was taking all the proper precautions. So this is interesting. Mm-hmm. No. When Simmons, quote unquote, Julissa's friend and employer who lives on the West Coast did not receive her usual text from Julissa signaling that the transaction had been completed, she texted her at 11 at midnight and again at 5.30 in the morning, asking her to let her know that everything was okay. This is something that I typically do, like if I was going on a date with a str- with people, I'm like, yeah. FYI, here's a photo, here's a phone number, this is where I'm supposed to be, if you don't hear from me, I'm dead. Um, the last part's typically a joke, unfortunately, in this case it was true. Me, I'm, I do the same thing, and I'm like, plus bitch, I got his address. Here it is. <laughs> yeah, I took a picture of his ID when I met him. Here it is. <laughs> At 7.10 a.m., still having heard nothing, she called security at the hotel and was immediately transferred to the Boston Police Department, who had been combing the crime scene to gather forensic evidence such as hair, blood, etc. She told the officers that she had helped set up the message appointment through Craigslist and that she could provide them with the email name and the address of of Andy's, as well as the password to the Yahoo message account on her end. According to the Suffolk County DA, Daniel Conley, this murder was committed in a very personal and violent way. Julissa, who was 5'5 and weighed 105 pounds, presumably tried to resist. As a result, the killer bashed her skull in with the butt of a 9mm semi-automatic pistol and shot her three times at close range in the heart, Uh. chest, and abdomen. A woman in a nearby room after hearing shrieks went out into the hallway and saw a clothed body sprawled across the doorway of Brisbane's room. A piece of plastic tie was hanging from one wrist. The medical examiner said Julissa Brisbane had suffered a fractured skull in multiple places from being hit with the butt of the gun. She had bruises and welts on her wrists, but she had managed to scratch her attacker and the skin under her nails should provide the DNA of who her killer was. Good job, girl. The investigation begins. Begin. You know, this would have been the perfect time for your little buzzer. Damn, your prologue is on point right now. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Damn, dude, I'm gonna fucking lose. 
<laughs> the hotel surveillance. Ch- oh, well, accent. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> no. The hotel. So you heard it, right? You heard that come out? Yeah. The hotel. Yes, please. It was adorable. Yes, please. It was adorable. Go on, Rogue. We Go ahead. We need more of that. We need more of that. Go on, no, Rogue. I hide it. Go ahead, Rogue. Read it on. Read on. <laughs> the hotel surveillance tapes showed that just after the killing occurred, a tall, blonde, white male matching Trisha Leffler's description and surveillance video of her attacker just four days earlier. The man in the video was looking down and working his phone while walking briskly but nonchalantly away. Boston law enforcement then began backtracking to find out Andy's true identity. First, by establishing that the email account at live.com came from a from Microsoft in Redmond, Washington. Next, they had to find out who was accessing that account and from where. FYI, y'all, your, your business is not safe. Just two days into their investigation, another robbery occurred in Warwick, Rhode Island, about 40 miles from Boston. Cynthia Melton, a stripper who advertised lap dances on Craigslist and danced occasionally at the Cadillac Lounge in Providence, made an appointment to see a man she had met through the erotic service section. Once inside her room, she said the client, who was wearing a baseball cap, pulled a gun, made her lie face down on the floor, and bound her with the same type of plastic ties used on Brisman and Leffler. He tried to silence her with a ball gag, but she kept shaking her head no until he finally gave up. Melton told authorities that the tall, blonde young man had ex- been extremely nervous and that he was trembling as he was rummaging through the room looking for her cash and credit cards, telling her, don't worry, I'm not going to kill you. Just give me the money. The man's entrance to the hotel had been caught on surveillance tape while he was texting. Oh, I thought you were ch- trying to say something. Uh, well, I was. I, I was just going to say, uh, hmm, consistency is a good thing. But in this case, right, the consistency was bad, but good that he wasn't going to kill her. Okay. Just, that's all. Consistency. And he has like the same walkout, you know what I mean? He's like yeah, always right? on his phone and looking like, it's so interesting. Um, police suspected that the three crimes, clo- crimes close in time and similar in many ways were committed by the same person. Security camera footage, cell phone activity, and email evidence would lead them to the suspect. The text message from the latest robbery was traced to the area of a nearby Walmart where at 10 o'clock, the man had bought a baseball cap and wore it during the attempted robbery and the Walmart's cameras established this purchase. Boom. Police were able to get court orders and search warrants in order to get Microsoft to disclose the unique computer ID number, otherwise known as your IP address, (laughs) that was used to send the email answering the Craigslist ad. Craigslist itself was able to see what time and date the user of the live.com address responded to each of the postings. Because you know when you respond to Craigslist, it goes to an anonymous email address unless you actually respond. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't trust me. I'm familiar. I buy furniture. Um, the address- sure, furniture. That's about furniture. Oh, boy. The address came back to an internet provider in the Boston area. Police were able to get the internet provider to give them the name and home address of the customer to whom they had had assigned the particular IP address. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that this is the guy, but it's close. And here's why. Oh, yeah. It's a Wi-Fi connection. We all love Wi-Fi. Anybody within a few hundred feet of the router would be able to access that particular router and be assigned the same IP address the police were looking for. Oh, yeah. Nevertheless, police had a name and then went to Facebook and Google to find out who their suspect was and what he looked like, just like every girl does when they stalk whoever they're dating. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's a good one. My God. Okay, I'm I'm digging everything about this. All right, BPD. Um, (laughs) Boston University Medical School gave police his identification photo, which Trish Leffler then picked out of a, Cisqu- a 
sequential photo identifying procedure. They got him. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> uh, the arrest. The arrest. On April 20th. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I don't have. You're fired. (laughs) On April 20th, 2009, during a traffic stop just south of Boston, police arrested Philip while he and his fiance were on their way to the Foxwoods Foxwoods Casino with thousands of dollars in cash on his person. Mm. Philip was accused of murder, armed robbery and kidnapping. And on a darker note, when taken in for questioning, Philip was wearing the shoes he wore the night of Brisbane's killing. Her blood was spattered all over them. Oh, no way. Idiot. Don't you get rid of those shoes? Like, I thought, like, you burn them and stuff. Like, nope, 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 nope. He's sentimental. Yep, yep. You know, Once again, consistency can get you in trouble. Boston Police Commissioner Edward F. Davis was quoted saying, I realized we were dealing with someone who murdered without hesitation. We had the trappings of a serial murderer here about to take off. And that's because he robbed someone, he murdered someone, and then he went and robbed someone again like nothing ever happened. Come on, man. I mean, seriously, it's like returning back to the scene of the crime, essentially. Ugh, yeah. He deserves every bit of this. During his interview, Philip didn't give up any information. However, while he remained mum at police headquarters, investigators were searching his apartment, which gave them a treasure trove of evidence. The gun that the police believed had killed Julissa Brisman was hidden in a hollowed out copy of Grey's Anatomy. Not just a TV show, kids. Oh. The classic medical textbook. They found a supply of plastic ties used at all three crimes and quantities of bullets that match those removed from Brisbane's body. Four pairs of women's panties were stuffed into a pair of socks hidden in the box spring of the couple's bed. Yes, Daniel. Okay, now they said that they believed was used in the crime. So did he file down the serial numbers so this way it wouldn't? They would still have to do bullet? ballistics and yeah, testing before okay, they can cool. confirm it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, There were extra track phones and a laptop computer whose hard drive later yielded pieces of Andy's response to Brisbane's Craigslist postings. They also found 45 $100 bills. Phillips' prints were also found on the duct tape used to bind Trisha Leffler's mouth, as well as the wall of the hotel room where the assault on Cynthia Melton took place. Initially, Philip's fiance, because remember he was engaged to Megan McAllister, yeah. affirmed her belief in his innocence, calling him beautiful inside and out. This is the man she loved. This is the man she was going to marry within the next year. Like, of course, she was going to believe that like he's innocent and he's like something's wrong. Sweetheart, beauty fades and it can fade to be a murderer. Megan explained <laughs> to the police that they were living off of student loans because as a student, Markov couldn't work and she was unemployed. She also told them that she had personally used Craigslist to look for nanny jobs, but Philip never went on the site. When police asked her how she could be so certain that Philip never went on Craigslist, she just said, he tells me everything. Oh, yeah. Like every single guy in the world is that honest. Yeah. Oh, babe, yeah. Babe, I don't... I- I, I don't masturbate to porn. Yeah, no. I never do. No. I would never, no, why would I ever do that? No, what are you talking No. Yeah, what, what, oh, no, no. You don't look ugly or fat or horrible in that dress. You look great. Yeah. I would never say it. What's a, come on, right? Yeah. When, mm-hmm. when, oh, oh, so when we're arguing and I said you were completely right, <laughs> I meant every bit of that, honey. I meant it completely. Yeah. Hey, These are all things that are lying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, babe, what are you watching? Uh, um, nothing. Pornhub. 
The greatest archive of nothing. There you go. There you go. That's it. That's pretty <laughs> much it. That's pretty much how it works. Yeah. Detectives then showed Megan surveillance photos of Philip taken on one of the nights of the crimes. She began to realize that they believed her fiance resembled the suspect and immediately defended him, saying that he complains about money all the time because they have no money. He goes to the casino to try and win money. He wouldn't rob anybody. Philip maintained his innocence and pled not guilty, but a grand jury indicted him for first degree murder, armed robbery, and other charges. On April 29th, Megan visited Philip in jail to call off their wedding. <laughs> like then, it's gonna happen anyways. Then on June 11th, she visited him one last time, telling him that she'd not plan to see him again for a long period of time, if ever. On August 15th, 2010, one day after what would have been their one year wedding anniversary, Philip committed suicide in the Boston's Nashua Street Jail, where he was awaiting trial. No note was found, but he did have a shrine dedicated to his ex-fiance. Um, the blood was found on the shoe, man. How did you not do this? Uh, did you borrow some? I found these shoes outside. They'll believe this lie just like she believes all my lies. You know, like, was that it? I don't know. I don't, come There's, on. He has never, he never came forward about any of it. He completely, like, said he was innocent that the whole time. You would question. think him committing suicide is his way of confessing that he yeah. did it. I mean, come on. Dude, hey, bro. There's this girl's shoe blood on your shoe. So yeah. sloppy. Uh, I like, and I also understand where Megan was coming from. You don't want to believe the worst. And also, she's not going to be given that information. So as all the course. information comes out in the trial, you realize the man that you love is a murderer. Oh, yeah, that's true. So she's sitting there through the trial, and they're like, on this night, blah, blah. She's like, wait Yeah, you were wearing the shoes like, with, her, with her blood on them. And she's like, those fucking shoes I bought you for Christmas yeah, two years exactly. ago. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, the, then, then your, his fingerprints were found all over these things. So let alone, like, yeah, he's robbing these women for a gambling problem. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then he, you know, and to take care of them so they had money. Yeah. Living off of, pay, like, not even paycheck to paycheck, student loan up to student loan. And then on top And then he's that, going to medical school. Yeah. So he's, got, and he has a gambling problem. And she had Grey's Anatomy book. Anatomy book, right? And she had Get the to, baddest book you got and just chisel that shit out. <laughs> yeah. She had to figure that out, man, when she was sitting there just like, huh, wait a minute, that night, he did said they, he went out with the boys. <laughs> I never met any of the boys. <laughs> like, you know, with did all they, that stuff going Did they through. live yeah. together? Yeah. Oh, okay. So was, how do yeah. you not notice? So, because stuff, he goes uh, to he has a he has a gambling problem. Uh, so he's going out to gamble. But that's what the, the panties stuffed in the socks and the bed mattress. Uh, and, are you are you are you going around every day looking at everything? And the guns and the ammo. Are, are the, you going? He's hiding it from her. She has no reason to search for it. I, I don't. Touché. I have no reason to wake up in the morning saying, "Let me finger through uh, Grey's Anatomy." No, I don't care. <laughs> She's you know, not going to medical school. Medical school. He is exactly. Uh, and then his his uh, not being there is always okay. Netflix and there's no reason. And be like, ah, today's the day I'm gonna check your browser history, honey. No one does that. So mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, there's no reason to unless he gives her a reason. Mm -hmm. He never gave her a reason. You'd be surprised the stuff that oh, the people yeah. closest to you are capable of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's Ernie's the Craigslist murder, guys. That's the Craigslist murder. <laughs> oh, murder. You're welcome. Ernesto. You scared me when you said that though. Like, <laughs> you'd be surprised of what what people are Capable. Capable of. I'm like, yeah, that's true. Ernie's not even his real name. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. 
It's your turn, sir. Please. Okay, guys, I hope you're ready for this. Uh, This is going to be one hell of a wild ride. Uh, This is like this story I I picked out for, and this one was my absolute favorite. And I decided I would save it to the end, the last one, and then pull out all the stops for this one. (laughs) Although I did procrastinate this one. Not as bad as last week's, but I I did procrastinate. I did the research yesterday and wrote Mm -hmm. it this morning. So, uh, the, the name of this story is the Kabuki Cho Love Hotel Murders. Why did you just got to sound all exotic and shit, man? What the hell? <laughs> well, cause, cause it is. So, okay guys, this week I'm taking you to Tokyo, Japan, a majestic place I always wanted to visit cause, well, I'm an anime nerd. <laughs> Duh. Uh, but, Duh. But while researching the story, it, it really made me realize that you have to be careful while wearing rose-colored glasses. Because even the beautiful, brightly neon-lit city of Tokyo, that also has a dark side. My story is based on true events. Events that are too real and you have to remember that because you might forget that while you might forget that while getting lost in the story that i have written today i will be telling this story as toru takahashi a retired detective from the tokyo metropolitan police department i'm gonna try doing his voice but i might give up halfway and also while i'm doing it like i i was thinking maybe i'll go with like a christian bale kind of batman voice since like my story is a lot like like very nolan and scott snyder-ish so i'm, I'm gonna tr- i'm gonna try i'm gonna try um and also imagine that i'm smoking a cigarette the whole entire time i'm telling the story just i'm probably gonna yeah well I'm, i am so yeah. down for that but ernie ernie just just stop doing that with your eyes man don't, don't well what am i doing that's wow what am i doing with my eyes that's unacceptable that's, what, what am i doing that's with my un- eyes? Well, put your finger, hands away from your corner of your eyes man that's wrong don't do that, Ernie. I, no, I am, like, not, I'm just, not, I, I am not. I'm not. I am not doing Asian face. face. I am oh not doing God. Asian I face. Just, what are you doing? I am not doing Asian Don't face. Do my hands are on the paper. I, I'm not doing Asian face. Just, Stop I'm, trying I'm, to make I'm me look bad. We just had a blackface issue this week. Let him tell his story, Daniel. God damn it! Look, I'm trying to sabotage him. Okay, go ahead. Damn. Fine. Ernie did not do anything with his eyes. It was me. Yeah, but go ahead, Ernie. Fuck you, fuck you. Okay. Let me see if I can get this voice right. I'm probably going to go with this. Yeah, I'm going to go with this voice. <laughs> proverbs. I like proverbs. Such meaning in just a few words. My favorite Japanese proverb is, Darkness reigns at the foot of the lighthouse. Yeah, I know. It's not one of those motivational proverbs all you kids love. This one just speaks the truth to me. And I learned this proverb years ago. I like to think that the lighthouse that they are talking about is Tokyo. So bright, so lightly, so many people are attracted by it. Did you hear that December of last year, a woman was found dead in a love hotel in the red light district? Yeah, she was in her early 20s. Checked in with a young man around three in the morning. A few hours later, a room attendant was called to deliver room service. Saw she was on the bed stretched out. 
soon after the guy she was a good sorry <clears throat> this is this is a little bit hard soon after the guy she was with exited the room 8 30 in the evening comes around and the employees check the room to find her dead in the bathtub filled with water yeah a month before that a 51 year old woman was found strangled to death in the love hotel in the funabashi city and a month after that, a 49-year-old woman was found beaten to death, broken ribs, and a fucked-up face in Miro City, in a love hotel. So you see, love hotel murders are not uncommon. The rooms are cheap and convenient. Either you pay by the night or you pay by the hour. One of the most popular places for these is Kabukicho. The Red Light and Entertainment District in Shinjuku, Tokyo, Japan. Kabukicho is known as the sleepless town. It's full of shops, restaurants, nightclubs, massage parlors, strip clubs, peep shows, hosts and hostess clubs, and love hotels. It's a fucking dirty underbelly full of gangsters and foreign prostitutes. But prostitutes, <laughs> but prostitution is illegal in Tokyo. But it doesn't stop the hostess and hostesses from giving out extra services. You would think all the fucking AIDS being spread around the world would scare people off from getting there. Whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you let Rorschach finish because he is. Yeah, it's starting to sound like Rorschach, right? Perfect. I was going for Christian Bell, but it just. No, I, no, no. You stick no, no, Rorschach. I keep going. I like it. Let's go. Yeah. I wanted to actually yeah. play a saxophone like. Yeah, that would be perfect. Like right? my bed creaking. <laughs> yeah. Going, the funny thing is, I was watching Watchmen last night too. So dude, yeah, I'm I sticking right like, there. It gives you a soundtrack. Oh my god! Yeah. Damn it, Iron Man One. Fuck. All right, let me let me <laughs> let me get back into this. The early '80s was a peak of Kabikucho. Japan's economy at the time was an all-time high. Unemployment rate was under five percent, and the people of Japan were spending money on high-quality goods. If you weren't working, then you were out partying. And the nightlife was huge in Tokyo. Look at me ramble about old times. I guess I am old man now. <laughs> Let me get back to my original story. In the 80s, I was a young hotshot detective working for the Tokyo Metropolitan Police. My wife hated me and I barely knew my kids. This was because I worked hard and I was dedicated. It's what a man at the time was supposed to be. Successful. Mm. But I was naive. Because it's impossible to be successful when you are in law enforcement. I learned that in the spring of 1981. There was a small string of murders that happened between March and June. Murders that happened in different level hotels that I believed were done by the same person. Back in the days... The Japanese media was not allowed to give out identities of people during an ongoing investigation. So they had to use pseudonyms like Mousewife C, Mr. B, Waiter F. The most popular one was Shoujo A. That was literally translates as Girl A. But for Americans, it's better understood as Jane Doe which obviously means unidentified girl, regular runoff the mill girl with nothing special about her. Rude. <laughs> Actually, there is a song from back in the 80s called Shoujo A by Kina Nakamori, 
Wait, wait, hold on. Let me play it for you. As, as soon as I can get this damn smartphone to work. Oh, I gotta open YouTube. Give me a second. Uh, here, here you go. It's Kaji, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, I'm I'm straying from my story again, aren't I? I got a bit caught up as we got a bit more into my past interests. I was a bit of a closet otaku back then. It's actually why I married my wife. She looked a lot like my favorite idol, Akina Nakamori. But the song is actually still relevant to my story. The song was written a year after the murders. And supposedly, it was inspired by one of the girls that were murdered that spring. The third victim, Shoujo A. And like the girl in the song, she was 17. In March, I was transferred to Tokyo. It was my, it was my biggest promotion yet. The pay was better, but the hours were longer. And I'll admit, it didn't help my marriage at all. My family wasn't too happy about moving to such a busy city. And the new detective in the department, I was set to make a name for myself. And not soon after joining, I got my first case. On March 20th, my partner, Matsuda, and I got a call to come down to Kabukicho. Masuda was a bit older and has been part of the department a little while longer than me. So he did not seem surprised about where the call was. I had heard of Kabukicho before, but as a family man, I avoided the place. But as a man, I could see the appeal. It was like an American movie, lights and glamor, beautiful girls everywhere. Masuda was leading the way. Have you been here before? I asked. Of course I have. On or off the clock? I asked jokingly. Ask your mother, fuckhead. She would know. Are you calling my mother a whore, Matsuda? Depends if you're asking what I do in my private life, Takahashi. Even though we have only been partners for a few days, we were getting along just fine. What do we got? <clears throat> I asked one of the guys outside the hotel room. Dead girl inside. Only her? Yep. You go inside and check things out with the girl. I'll go talk to the staff. Mitsuda said and walked away. I looked through the doorway. It was dark, but slightly lit with the red light. Roxanne. You don't have to put on that red light. I walked in. There was a subtle, beautiful smell. You wouldn't expect that from a murder scene, right? The rooms, the rooms seemed normal, except for the naked woman dead on the bed. She was voluptuous, curvy, soft features to her face. Her breasts were round and I looked away once I realized I was staring. 
I'm a married man, I told myself. I'm at a murder scene. I can't be getting a hard on from a dead woman's body. That's fucking gross. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, what is wrong with you? Necrophilia isn't okay. I get a little closer to examine her face. Her eyes are red. Bloodshot. Capillaries are blown out. Makeup was completely smudged from tears. There was bruising around her neck. It was obvious she was choked. Was she into that kind of thing? I mean, some people are. Did things get too kinky? Some people look it rough. Things go a little too far and forgot the safety word? Cacao. I looked away from her again. God damn it, this is not the place for these thoughts. That was when I noticed something under the skirt laying on the floor. She has a penis. A card. Damn. I reached, so close. I reached down to pick it up. Masuda just then walked into the room. So, turns out she was she was, had checked in the night before with a young man. When check, checkout time came around today, and they had called the room, no one had answered. So they sent someone to kick them out. And that was when they found her in here all alone. Mm. What did you find? I just picked this up. Looks like a business card. Hers, most likely. I recognize the place. It's right up the street. I grinned at him. Oh, you recognize it. I will fucking shoot you, Toru. I laughed. So we are on first name basis now, are we? Shut up and let's take a walk up the street. And tuck that thing away before someone sees how small your dick is. Oh, if it's small, you can't really talk again. I mean, and there's nowhere like, for it to go. Yeah, right? just, you just got to stick it. And you gotta sh- I've learned this from drag queen. You just got to shove it up <laughs> into your pelvis well, most likely and it tape be it. Small. It could be small enough where you're like, is that an innie? Like, you know, it could be one of those. <laughs> it Ow. happens. The tuck. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, here we go. <clears throat> when we showed up to the cabaret with the card, they gave us a name and told us she was a 30-year-old hostess. Becky. Yeah, but we knew better. The name was an obvious fake. The media called her Hostess A, and that is what we called her. We found out that she was actually 45 years old. Damn. Not 33. And six years before her murder, she was a married woman and a mother. She had abandoned her husband and son and disappeared from their lives. She ran off to work at Kabuki Cho. During the six years, her husband searched for her relentlessly. And during his search, he became ill and died. Damn, Jesus Christ. A year after that, the son died. Damn, how can you be so heartless? She abandoned her family to live this kind of life. I feel like she had reason. Well, you know, sometimes, how is life? Alone, as a prostitute. And now murdered by a guy she most likely picked up at the cabaret. But I care about my family. I loved my wife and daughter. That was when I started to feel like I had abandoned them too. On April 25th, I found myself standing outside yet another fucking love hotel in Kubiki Cho. They're all the same. You see all the same faces hanging around the area. What you trying to say? Matsuda was already yeah, I was upstairs. Ask that. God, man. 
Stop that stuff with your eyes right now. It's just not. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Matsuda was already upstairs waiting for me. It's been only a few hours. She came in with what they are describing as a salary man. He left an hour after checking in. Deja vu is a real thing. And when you are a detective, you have to pay attention to it. Trust your instincts. She looked young, completely naked, except for the pantyhose wrapped around her neck. But those don't go there. Good job. Good detective work. Yeah, I was going to say Robo. He's doing a great job. <laughs> Where are the rest of her clothes? I don't see them. Did evidence collect them already? No, those are missing. The killer must have taken them with, with him when he left. He only left behind small things like her earrings and cigarettes. We didn't find anything else of hers. No identification. Mitsuda replied. All this seems a bit too familiar, Mitsuda. Yeah, because we get these dead girl calls all the time. No. I looked over at him. I think she might be Hostess B. Hostess B was a genuine Jane Doe. No real identification of any kind. All we had on her after the autopsy was that she was in her early 20s. The condition of her teeth were rather poor, but her lungs were rather good despite she was a smoker. This suggested that she might have been from a rural area. In Kawakicho, you get a lot of girls from the country trying to run away to the big city. She was just another poor girl pulled in by the beckoning light of Tokyo. Tokyo Tower is pretty impressive. Yeah, right? Matsuda didn't believe that Hostess A and Hostess B were related much, but I just couldn't shake off the feeling that these two girls shared more in common than we thought. Then there was Shoujo A. On June 14th, I was at Kabukicho. The district had become my stomping grounds, my obsession. Names, faces, contacts. I needed to know the area inside and out. At the time, I was checking out a group of foreigners that were visiting and trying to find themselves some fun. When a call came into the radio, it was a nearby Love Hotel. I answered it quickly and ordered the dispatcher to get in contact with Masuda. When I arrived at the hotel, my feet instinctually guided me to the room as if I already knew where the murder scene happened. Outside the room was the employee staff. Clear out. No one enter the room. Get me the managing staff here now. They scattered as I walked past him into the room. There it was. The subtle, sweet scent. The warm, red light. Roxanne. Her beautiful figure laying on the bed completely naked. Her figure looked so delicate perfect even. I got close. The smell grew stronger. I leaned in to look at her face. She was young, much too young. Again, there it was. Her pantyhose wrapped around her neck. Where they don't belong. <laughs> she was so beautiful. Too precious. She looked like my daughter. Kaede. I reached down to touch her face. 
when her eyes flew open and gasped. Shut up. I was shocked. She immediately started pushing me away, squeaking. It seemed like she was trying to scream. Girl. I looked over to the door at the staff standing there. She's still fucking alive. Call an ambulance. Update the officers who have arrived. I yelled at them as I tried to calm her down. Matsuda was running over as I watched her being taken away in the ambulance. Holy fuck, was she still alive? He said, astounded. Yeah, but barely. I updated Matsuda about what happened as we walked back to the room. She is way too fucking young to be in this kind of place. As I picked... Wait. Okay. I said to him as I picked up the most obvious thing in the room. A high school textbook. Kawaguchi. I read from the inside of the cover. That is less than an hour away from here. Matsuda replied. You know what I'm thinking, right, Matsuda? Hostess B. Exactly. Since when are pantyhose such a popular murder weapon? Just then, one of the officers posted outside ran to the doorway. Detective Takahashi, we just got a report in that the victim has died at the hospital. <gasps> the doctors could not revive her. That was the moment I realized that there was no one in here. Darkness has continued to reign here in Kabukicho. The media had called her Shoujo A, a 17-year-old girl, a regular girl, nothing special about her, apart from the fact that she was dead. Shoujo A, on the day of the murder, she spent the morning in Shinjuku, the ward where Kabukicho is located, with her 18-year-old fiancé. Around 4.30 in the evening, her fiancé headed home, leaving her alone. But the results of the autopsy, it was assumed that she had visited a coffee shop, since coffee was found in her stomach. At or around 6.30, she checked into a love hotel with the salary man. And two hours later, she was found alone in the room where I found her barely alive. She didn't fit with the other women because she was a girl and she wasn't a hostess. Shoujo A was engaged to a loving fiance, so why go to a love hotel with another man in Kabukicho? I mean, pimps and hoes, pimps and hoes. You know, when you said the whole thing about um, um, it, it being used as a special murder weapon, I was like, there is a sale on Walmart at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Blue light special sale on pantyhose. Yeah, he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me, let me drink a little bit of water. The, this voice is starting to kind of like. Dude, it's so good, Ernie. Was it possible that she might have been a prostitute like Hostess A? When we talked to her fiance, he mentioned to us that she was interested in theater and that the day before, she told him she had met someone that could help her with her dream Damn. of becoming an actress. Roxy. Did she meet with this person before coffee? No. Did she meet this person for coffee after her fiance left her in Shinjuku? 
was a killer, this acquaintance. There is young, and then there's stupid. And both are not mutually exclusive. You can have a great thing going for you. And because of selfish desire and obsession, you can lose everything. I know the feeling. I know the feeling well. Five days after Shoujo A's murder, there was another incident at Kabuki Joe. But it was a robbery, not a murder. A 30-year-old hostess checked in with the salaryman into a hotel. He tied her up, beat her, and ran off with the money in her wallet. Craigslist killer? Even though, <laughs> even though the victim had survived, it is believed she is he wasn't his intent was to kill her. At dusk, girls change into women. My naked body and hearts are not one. My rouge lips are shaking slightly. I'm not as cold as people say I am. The truth is that I want you to understand my timidness. It's irritating. So irritating. Whether I'm married or not, it's irritating. So irritating. It just doesn't matter. Not special. No matter where I am, I'm Shoujo A. Akina Nakamori. Shoujo A, 1982. Love hotel murders are not uncommon. For someone to be considered a serial killer, they must have killed three or more people in two or more separate events. The three murders had similarities. All three died of strangulation. Hostess B and Shoujo A with their own pantyhose. All three in their autopsy had some sort of stimulant in their system, which was possibly sipped into their drinks by the killer. And a salary man was described in the robbery and two of the murders, Hostess B and Shoujo A. I believe the robbery might not be connected. Hostess B and Shoujo A, most definitely. And Hostess A, a high probability. Salarymen are not very common in Kimbukicho. Is it possible this person met Hostess A and during the night he got carried away and strangled her to death? Because of the rush and excitement he got from the night, he went again a few weeks later and met Hostess B and improved his technique by using her pantyhose instead of his own hands. But that was not enough. He wanted something more, something more challenging, like a young, innocent girl with a fiance. What if he was still in the scene when I arrived? What if I brushed past him while I rushed in a daze to the scene? What if I had seen his face a thousand times every night here in Tokyo when I was supposed to be at home with my now distant family? But there was no security cameras back then. There were too many people in Kabukicho, too many faces for me to remember. He could have easily slipped away. He was never declared a serial killer because of what Matsuda kept reminding me since March. Love hotel murders are not uncommon. In 1995, I was forced to close all the cases. Unsolved. Darkness reigns at the foot of the lighthouse. 
Tokyo Tower is the fucking lighthouse that brings innocent girls like Shoujo A crashing into the dark rocks at its feet. Darkness known as Kabuki Cho. Good job, Ernie. We were so Holy into it. Whoa. We tried so hard to like get a Dude, I can see you guys in the corner of my Ernie, eyes. I was like, whoa. I hope you dude, enjoyed my doodles man. for this week. Yes, yes. I'm enjoying. She had so oh, many. My throat is so shot. many. One thing, though, that I was kind of like. I was like, great ending would be if ultimately Ernie <laughs> was the killer. Oh. It would have been amazing if you were like, you know, blah, blah. And, you just, and then all of a sudden, like, you get up to a particular point and you're like, well, I guess it helps not to really have a family. I guess it helps not to blah, blah. <laughs> I never had one. But then again. I have a lot of families in my head or blah, but something, something, all of a sudden it's like somehow yeah. it just reveals that it's like, oh my God, what? <laughs> or the cop, it, or it actually is a cop and he's not having to lose his grand jury, but the thing is like, you know, later they accuse him, they find out it actually is him, He's he did all this, blah, blah, like it would have worked with the whole, the daughter where he's he looks at her and he's like, she reminds me of my daughter, because it's like, oh, why are you going to touch someone that reminds you of your daughter? But it's like, as a parent, you're just like, oh my God, this could be my kid. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that the freak out yeah how did you find this story yeah well uh, originally i was just searching through a bunch of random stories and one of my uh one of the things i wanted which is honestly it's everybody's favorite and that's unsolved murders so i was rummaging through a lot of unsolved murders a lot of fucked up stuff and and that's where i came up to like the parachute murder from last Mm -hmm. week and then um and then somehow I ended up in this like random website that talked like that, like specifically Japanese murders because oh, okay. I wanted yeah. to go for something different. Japanese, yeah, something right, different, right. something foreign, something that that like especially from a place that I always wanted to visit. So ah. and like this is where this story popped up from. And it all started off with like just a one one murder. And then, and then, and then that led to the article where they talk about the three murders and the robbery, and also they connected it to the song yeah. "Shoujo A," mm-hmm. which right. is which I played. Yeah, and and like That's they cool. said that that song was inspired by it, and then I I got into it, so I started doing more research and found out that we could show seriously that. There's like every other week, there's just somebody Someone being can. killed at these hotels. Wow. Like just that's where the highest murder rate happens. It's like in like love hotels. It's it's because yeah. it's so convenient. You pay for either an hour or you pay for. And, yeah. and especially yeah. nowadays, that shit's fucking automated nowadays. For sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You go in, you put in your credit card, the key pops out and up you go. And it's like you don't even have to use. Yeah. Like, you don't have to see a human it's being so, It's so much uh, like anonymous people I, just going in and out. Honestly, Ernie, man, uh, congratulations already. I'm gonna say it a week in advance, man. Good job, Ernie. Wait, are you guys forking over the wind? Is this no? I am not. You know what? What? I'm gonna go out fighting. I recognize greatness when I hear it, see it, or experience it, and that's exactly what happened tonight. I heard it, saw it, and experienced it with Ernie's story. It was great. It just wasn't mine. So. Ultimately, I got to say congrats to him for such a great performance. Yeah. And congrats on, like, you know, losing with grace. Yeah. <laughs> when you say, Daniel, hey, uh-huh. I want to hear. No, no. But honestly. I honestly, will be no, putting Ernie, up the yours? survey, the yeah. poll on the Instagram okay. on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So, everyone, you've got plenty of time to take a listen. 
on your drive, on your run, on your walk, whatever. Guys, this has been so fun to do this. This Very. has been so good for this I, month. I hope something is birthed. Something from, something is birthed from this. Yeah, this was great. We, we may have to make a new podcast, guys. Like, guys, <laughs> that was great. Awesome, right? Oh, saying this was good. This yeah. was amazing. <laughs> but oh, listeners, hey. let us know what you guys think. What you guys think about our stories and this this Halloween special and four parter. What was your favorite story out of uh, three times four? Twelve stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Twelve stories from good twelve job. stories we told. Matt. Yeah, guys, pat, your, pat yourselves in the back. Hey, yeah, yeah. we yeah. did so well. I'm really also, proud of us. I will say this, and this is funny. I hate to say it, but uh, I have a coworker and daughter both said the same thing to me today, which was, I love how you guys are doing this theme of pretty much turning it into a a true love crime podcast where other people would just be like, oh, um, dating horror stories. Oh, this is the worst <laughs> date ever. Blah, blah. No, you guys <laughs> took the idea of a dating horror story and really delivered true dating horror stories. Oh, yeah. And it was like, that was interesting that my daughter says this. That's and cool. then I didn't know your daughter the, listens. Hey, yeah, well, no, she doesn't listen. She knows oh. the theme. She gets the idea. Um, oh, she's not listening. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. But she's like, that's that's really genius. She, she said that to me today mm. when I picked her up. And a coworker said that to me when I told them we first started doing the this kind of yeah. thing. So it's just, it's interesting. Like, people get it. And this is like, man, I'm telling you, there's a reason why this podcast is so good. It's just, <laughs> God, this was great, man. Uh, I love it. I'm ex- I, I love this, and I'm excited to kind of get back to the regular routine a little bit, too. Oh, so. yeah, true. Yeah, true. We, got, we got a whole month of, like, loading screen to life fit in. Oh, <laughs> a lot has happened in our lives, guys. Oh, yeah. boy. Woo, a lot has happened. Yeah, lots of changes. A lot. Uh, so, yes, like we like just mentioned, uh, yeah, next week we will be going back as uh, BAU, business as usual. So, but we're going to be starting on with side quests. Side quests episodes are no longer going to be minisodes. They're actually just going to be full-blown episodes. So we'll be putting in a lot more stories in. Uh, so if you guys want to be part of it, make sure you send your stories to questforplayer2 at gmail.com. That's with the number two. and uh, Or submit them through DM, Facebook, Instagram. We both just yeah, we read it all. Don't yeah, you definitely. have one that you're supposed to I send do. me? Yeah. yeah. Right. I do, yeah. I can send it or I'm just going to like read it off my phone. Either yeah. way. Either way, that works. He appreciated his, uh, his name that I gave him when we were talking about he's like agent carter i can work with that oh <laughs> nice nice well this was one long episode i don't know how i'm gonna edit it but let's start signing off uh guys yeah. where can we find you on social media um you can find me on all social media at rogue also um this friday you can catch me on geek ko which is a great uh geek trivia podcast my episode is all about buffy the vampire slayer which Ooh. goes along with our october theme there's a lot of love a lot of tragedy a lot of everything in that okay right so uh you'll have to find out if i won or if i lost like daniel <laughs> Oh, wait, wait. Daniel hey, lost, right? Daniel lost, look, right? I've been on the show twice. Yeah. I won once, and I lost the second time. Wait, but you I were on there really twice? I didn't really lose. I, I played, and I was... But, okay, I had a teammate that okay, was Okay, you dog. lost. It, no, the teammate was a dog, and the dog won, so I won. So. <laughs> you, uh, look, look, leave that, me alone. That sounds like <laughs> you fell. Now, Daniel, you can find me. You can find me at Battle Dog Black being upset. <laughs> 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 
And I'm the journey. That's the underscore J E R N I on all social media. And you can follow Quest for Player Two on all social media as well as Quest for Player Two. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being part of this little adventure of ours. And happy Halloween! Oh, happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! And happy questing! Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on!